Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave warriors, noble adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. This is the Knights of Nerds podcast. My name is Tim. I'm the dungeon master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. We have a very fun episode today. Lots of interesting stuff happens. The heroes have finally stopped dragging their feet, and progress is being made, and it is also the 30th episode of this podcast. How cool is that? But I have a few quick announcements to make, somewhat exciting, so I hope you'll bear with me for like a couple minutes before we get into the episode. As you may have noticed, we don't really do ads on this podcast, which is good because you don't need to hear about what mattress to use or which food delivery service uh, to subscribe to. I'm sure you hear that all the time everywhere else. There have been little spots for other podcasts that I'm trying to help support and that have helped support us in turn, but there's been there's been very little monetization and I've the only other thing that I can think of is that I've asked or pointed some people to the fact that I have very inexpensive ebooks if you want to support the podcast. And some people have purchased those ebooks uh, and hopefully those people are not regretting that decision, but I digress. This is, I think, the one time, hopefully the one and only time, that I'm really going to ask for a little bit of assistance from all of you wonderful people. For over a year, we've been putting out episodes for this podcast, the actual play episodes and the unique content for Dungeon Masters. And so far, we've been using a very, very basic recording setup, which demands a lot of time uh, from me in terms of editing. And so that's additional hours over and above the time it takes to plan out this campaign. So what we're doing is a small Kickstarter. And I do want to convey that I, I really dislike asking for help. But I think if we can work together on this, then we might accomplish something awesome. So what we're hoping to accomplish is the following. To obtain higher quality recording equipment, which would cut down on the time it takes to edit a lot of our actual play episodes. And this would also provide better audio quality for all of you. You may have noticed in some episodes that sometimes a microphone may have a, like a bit of an echo on it. And that's because I've tried to use a program that allows uh, this uh, my laptop to use two USB microphones at the same time. And the result is an unexpected delay between the two microphones, even though they're going into the same laptop. It's infuriating. I hate learning new technology. And every different way we try recording setup, it seems to just result in a new problem. And we don't have the resources of a full-on recording studio. So what we're trying to do is buy a USB microphone interface, some decent, halfway decent quality microphones that would allow for us to provide way better audio quality and to actually provide more content for you. Because if I am able to spend less time editing, that means more time producing more content for everyone, which is a win-win. Win, right? So while this is episode 30, we did go ahead and rent some equipment and we tested it out for episodes 31 and 32. And I'm, I have strong confidence that with the new equipment, uh, it would greatly reduce the demands of post-production editing. Uh, and again, like I said, with that extra time, we can bring you even more stuff to listen to. The Kickstarter itself is fairly modest. There's a wide range of levels to donate at. 
And the most expensive one is $100, which is not a ton, but you get a ton of stuff for that amount. And even if you can only donate a couple of dollars, we still give you a shout out and potentially a thank you limerick read by Candice as Faye. A thank you limerick about how awesome you are. So I'll just quickly run through these rewards and I'll link to the project in the show notes and also in like on our various social medias. So starting from the bottom, you can get a shout out from the gang at the beginning of one of our episodes, and we will basically just say a heartfelt thank you. You can get a thank you limerick about how awesome you are. You can get a group discussion episode. So this is me talking to the players about the campaign, about what the players think is going on, about how they think things will end, uh, talking about their character creation, talking about like the challenges of actually playing this game as a podcast because there are a lot more of those challenges that have had an impact on our dynamic than I would have originally thought. So we'll talk about all sorts of stuff. We're going to do a Bard College of Mime subclass that you can get as a fancy PDF because we've mentioned the Bard College of Mime a couple times. I think there's maybe one or two iterations out there already like on the DMs Guild, but I'm going to give it a shot, make something really fun, but also sort of balanced. I mean, sort of balanced for a bard, anyways. We're going to do a Dream Heist one-shot episode, where the existing characters, Spruce, Faye, Vanna, and Gilly, are having a shared dream or a shared hallucination in, uh, during which they take part in an elaborate heist. And in the real world, we might be indulging a little bit, responsibly, of course, but I think that's going to be a really fun episode. Candace really wanted to do this after the events in Boldbrook didn't go as she wanted them to. Next up, we're gonna we can do a Thanos one-shot episode where Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom will make some level twenty characters that will all get killed by my interpretation of Thanos. You can get an original campaign written by me. I have some ideas for a brand new campaign, actually some ideas that I was going to do for the next campaign in this podcast whenever the current campaign ends, which may be what you will end up getting. So this would be a PDF campaign, like brand new setting and everything that would span levels 1 to 10. We're talking unique monsters, NPCs, possibly having a villain or two from my Creating Villains uh, series of episodes. Next up, you can co-host a behind-the-screen episode with me. So we'll record together a brand new behind-the-screen episode and talk about the campaign so far, and you can help me plan out some stuff for the upcoming adventure. And then the last reward, again, this is the highest level is $100. I will run a one-shot for you over Skype or something similar. I'm not too familiar with Roll20, but I, I would give it a shot. Anyways, I'll do a one-shot for you and your friends one afternoon. You decide on the character level and the adventure style, and I'll make something up. And whatever tier you donate at, you will also get every lower tier. So if you're donating at the highest tier, which would make you an amazing person, you're going to get the one-shot. You're going to co-host an episode with me. You're going to get a brand new campaign. You're going to get a bunch of bonus episodes, a limerick, a bard college subclass. You're going to get a ton of stuff. I'm very excited to do all this bonus content if the Kickstarter succeeds. And once you check out the page, you'll see it's a very modest amount that we're 
aiming for. That's because we don't expect our followers to do all the heavy lifting or even most of the heavy lifting. This is not the full amount that we would need for this new audio equipment, but it will help us out a fair amount. So again, we'll have the link in the notes on this episode. We'll have it on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you can't find it, then just message me somehow and I will direct you to it. And if you have ideas for other rewards, then like by all means, message me and let me know. I don't even imagine that like stretch goals will be a thing, but I have no ideas for stretch goals, even if we surpass uh, what we're aiming for. Okay, I appreciate you bearing with me through all that. Couple more things I wanted to mention. I want to thank uh, a couple people, Isaac Petty and Co21, for leaving us very, very thoughtful reviews on iTunes. Isaac said that we are the best Dungeons and Dragons group ever. Hope they do more stuff after this is over. Hell yes, we're going to do more stuff. I don't want to say that we're the best Dungeons and Dragons group ever, but we're probably tied for first with a couple others. You know, sometimes I worry that. My sarcasm isn't coming across. I don't really think that we're the best. I know that we're far from the best. But any if you think that we're the best, I'm not going to correct you. And Co21 said, Great podcast. Seems like the story is going places and the behind episodes are a cool inside look. Thank you for that. I hope they're useful. And the story is indeed going places as fast as I can gently nudge the players along. And there's going to be a behind the screen episode coming up. I think next week, uh, because I've got, I think, five or six or more. Jeez, I've got quite a few episodes to recap. And then also talk about how how to plan for the end of the campaign, because that's, we're not super close to it, but it's on the horizon. I can see it from here. That'll be an interesting topic to, to go over. And just a heads up, there is some use of the rule for exhaustion closer to the end of this episode. And I think I do it wrong. I think I apply exhaustion to saving throws when it should only be for ability checks. But I correct myself in the next episode. So I hope you enjoy this episode very much. Again, episodes 31 and 32 are the ones that we use the better equipment for when we rented it. So I'm excited for everyone to hear that in a couple weeks. And lastly, I can't stress this enough. If you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, be sure to check out the Round Table in Waterloo. They have D&D on, I think, every other Sunday. They have hosting events on how to paint miniatures, something that I never got the hang of, even though when I was growing up, I played Warhammer Skaven. If you know anything about Skaven, you know that there's a ton of miniatures, so you have a ton of really crap troops to practice painting. And even though I had well over 100 miniatures that I painted. I never got the hang of it. Anyways, round table. Check them out. Now that's enough for me talking. That's more than enough. So let's rejoin our heroes. Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna, Spruce Lee, and Giladob Fabblestabble. Okay. Last time we were together, Victor Woodstride, the captain of the Paladin Guard, turned out to be Ulrich Bearhart, the last surviving heir of the previous ruler, Manfred Bearhart. He asked you to join him in looting the shrine of its dragon bone. However, his appearance of being for the greater good quickly faded as he seemed to be acting mostly in self-interest. You fought and subdued him, took him before Dane Rubii, and at the High Cleric's request, 
Vanna executed him. You convinced Brita, Vanna's cousin, and Enna, the elf working on the new life cure, to join your cause. Dane now trusts you for exposing the threat that was in his midst. And you leveled up. Yay! <laughs> it came out when when Dane was questioning Ulrich that there was a scheme to take Dragonbone. So I think Dane now knows that you need Dragonbone for some reason. Hmm. So maybe we should pick it up right there, where you're still in the room and you can, and somebody can tell him that you need specifically Dragonbone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Spruce says that, that in order to accomplish what we need to for, or to help get clear back, we need Dragonbone. Can you roll me a persuasion check with advantage? Oh boy. Someone else should have made that comment. Faye. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but Faye still drunk off her ass from all that wine we had. Yeah. And completely distraught. 14. So Dane's like, well, certainly the shrine is strictly off limits. Certainly. So what is it that you propose? Well, I think we basically planned on uh, trying to find a, a, a site. Uh, what am I looking at? An unpilfered um, mm-hmm. site where a, a dragon died. And our plan was to go in there and hunt for dragon bones. Knowing full well that it's dangerous. A very dangerous proposition. But is is that what the... Also, Breed is with you. The five of you are set on? I think so. We, we, I think we all felt it was wrong to, you know, consider disturbing like a whole site such as the one here, um, as it's such a rarity. But we've heard stories of of potential other sites that may be partially raided. So, yeah, perhaps we know the giants are still present in the north and that um, your own clan of dwarves are a strong presence. And maybe there are some areas that you're aware of, um, or maybe um, even the dwarves could lend the strength for us to venture out to some of these uh, potential sites where there may still be dragon bone. So Dane is silent for a few moments, and he says there is such a place. And although our... Although the tenets of our faith strictly forbid us from interfering in this, I I feel like in this place, no one has successfully found them. And so they are doing no good. And if these bones can do some good, I feel like that's worth the transgression. Hmm. I don't mean to insult your faith in any way, but I am just unsure. If you value the dragon bones so much, do you not recover them to keep them safe? Or, or do you always leave them where they're found? Like, what if you found dragon bones, but they were inevitably going to be damaged? Is there anything in your faith that would allow you to, to recover them? And He says, our tenets stipulate that the, the death sites should remain undisturbed. And we even afford this honor to the dragons that fought against us. But seeing the severity of the situation that we're in, and the 
great service that you've done me by exposing the traitor in my midst. I can offer some assistance in terms of resources. The closest place, several days to the northeast, in a place called the Circle of Fire. I should impress upon you the danger of this place, but I will be able to give you some equipment to make it somewhat safer. I think it's funny that he was like, you know what, I normally our religion uh, wouldn't allow this, but I, I think it's worth going against the religion for me to help you. And you basically said, heretic. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, I think what I was trying to say was like, you know, if I have to say a little prayer and do a dance before I pull the dragon bones out of the ground, like whatever makes this slightly more respectable okay, to your ridiculous religion. <laughs> uh, that's good. Circle of Fire is the place where a red dragon was was killed. My clan can get you quickly to the perimeter, but you'll have to go in on foot from there. And he pulls out this map from his... Uh, like from a shelf of all these rolled up scrolls of, of parchment. And you see kind of this red circle, roughly a circle. And he says, if the dragon's magic has penetrated the earth and diffused outwards, then it should be around the middle of this angry red circle. So you think it might take just by going in, it might, it might take you about three days on foot. He says, I will requisition some items from my clan. If you can return to me this time tomorrow, I can can get you set up so that you are prepared for your journey. I think I'd want to, I'd be curious to know, like, what makes this area particularly dangerous? Like, what to, what would, should we be looking out for? Spontaneous eruptions of lava. Uh Uh-oh. Torrential rains. But the rain is almost acidic, rolling waves of fire, burning hot sand, spontaneous appearances of fire elementals. So you have about 24 hours to, this is me as the DM now talking, uh, wrap up any threads that you want to take care of before coming back to him. Any other questions that you guys want to ask? Can we get a copy of that map? (laughs) <laughs> he'll make you a copy of the map beautiful and he'll be with the supplies tomorrow then sure okay um just for recap purposes who have we all sent off to this wizard's tower who's looking for the cure for new life Anna. Anna. yeah yes has she left to go there as well or I don't think is Anna still with us I think to... she just found another place in in Because you saw her basically just a few hours ago. Okay. So she's just finding another spot to lay low in Boldbrook. Are you even in the room or did you go with her? I think, I think you actually, went with her. Yeah, I was with her. So I don't think I'm actually in the meeting. So Wait a second. <laughs> Do we need to go back to the beginning? Because there's tons of inter- dialogue between the two of them. There is. So let's just say that you caught up and came in the room after. <laughs> Ran really fast. Yeah, the danger want... of not playing together for like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Didn't want to miss the beheading because yeah, you came just as his head hit the floor. <laughs> you know, I think I came in after all that because I didn't participate in any of that. But um, yeah, I just wanted to keep her safe. Rewrite 
So we'll have to deal with her before we leave. Because mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to want to come with. And we also had, uh, we had also spoken to um, someone at the library about doing some research on that, uh, the black orb. Mm-hmm. See if we could get any information about that. Well, if we feel good about our new relationship with the dwarf, do you think we could ask uh, the temple to protect Anna while we're gone? Like we are, I don't know if we're returning here after we go to this dragon bones place, but. It's the closest main city. So. I mean, if he's willing to help for the greater good desecrate bones, which is against his religion, I'm sure he'd be willing to help the person who's in charge of finding the cure. Yeah, now we told him we need the bones for Kalira, but we also need some bones for the new life cure. Both of those things I think he's in favor of. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I as the DM was going to ask you if you were going to leave Dog behind. Hell no. No, I think Dog's coming with us. You think Dog's coming assume. with you? You can handle the through fire. <laughs> yeah, it's up to, it's up we to leave the, dog the with party. Anna. And if and second, if Brita is going to come with you, or if you want to leave somebody you know back to stay with Anna for mm. any reason, Guild Dog would definitely be like inviting your cousin along, mm-hmm. um, because I'm also interested. If we're heading to the northeast, I think there's chances where she's seen that flying whatever. And I think she could be helpful for, like, scouting along and, like, possibly spotting that as well. Yeah. So I feel like she'd be a good person to bring along. The dog, I'm not concerned about. It's up to you. Um, But I would like to secure uh, Anna's position. Do you think it would be safe if we asked the temple to, like, just put her up in lodging until we return? She could stay in, like, the higher-end district. She'd probably be pretty safe. With Candace, I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. Faye's still really drunk, like almost passed out. So, so. Faye's not interacting. Well, the beheading was a little bit sobering, other? but still. Mm. <laughs> Nothing you haven't seen before. Or participated. I think, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good idea to ask if we don't get a good feeling from it, then we can kind of make other plans, but we could ask. Yeah, yeah right. he's offering to help, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, a pretty, uh... Yeah, um, would he be able to put up our, uh, colleague here with private quarters and uh provide her security within the temple district yeah he agrees to to give Anna a place to stay in the uh in the temple off the library or something like that someplace safe in, in upper boldbrook perfect so in between the time from now until tomorrow i'd at least arrange to uh get her stuff and supplies moved from the uh, basement of the blacksmith into her new lodging and make sure she's comfortable and um trying to see if there's a way i can provide communication with her scroll of sending that sends a message right that does yeah sends a message any distance of 25 words or less okay i will give her a scroll of sending and tell her that only use this in case of an emergency I make sure to re-up my familiar before bedtime. So morning of the next day, what is your plan? So go to the library. I'm going to go to the library and talk to that person. See if we got any information about that black orb. Mm, That'd be good. I'll come along to to check in on uh, Anna. Well, you didn't actually, I don't think you actually mentioned the black orb. Didn't you we? Just, n- no, you asked for like information on like the 
the old civilization. Oh. Well, maybe this time you'll show them bring, the black arm. Bring the orb. It's in the bag of holding. Portable hole? Portable hole. That thing. Spruce is picking up the orb? Yeah, with uh, some type of cloth or something. Yeah, like in Lord of the Rings. You know, they have the orbs covered so that Sauron's eye can't see you. Mm. You hear whispering. Now, can I discern any of what the orb's actually saying? No, you can't. Is it incomprehensible whispering, or if we understood the language? It's totally incomprehensible. Okay. 100%. Okay, so you get to the library, and the person that you talked to before says that uh, she was able to find a few old tomes. Mm -hmm. There's still very little information, but it's thought, like there's no actual hard evidence of what came before. But it was a race of basically slave masters or slavers. It's, it's not known like where they went or what happened to them. Um, but they got involved in some kind of a war and they left. It's theorized that some of them may have taken shelter in the Underdark for a brief period of time, but that's only a theory. Can I try to make like a, a history check to see if this new information uh, matches with anything I would know from the Underdark? Sure. How long did, like, how much of Gilladab's life did he spend in the Underdark? I don't even know how old Gilladab is. Uh, it would have just been the younger years, but like, I, I'm, I'm older. I'm old. Well, yeah, I'm decently old. Do gnomes have like regular human? I think slightly longer. Yeah. Not too much longer, though. Hmm. Okay, sure, you can make a history check. Eleven. It doesn't sound quite like anything that you experienced directly. Mm. All right, so after getting that information, I'm going to pull out the orb, very carefully unwrap it, but hold it under the cloth still and say, you ever seen anything like this? A marble? Hmm. Is that what you think this is? I dare you to pick it up. She picks it up and she's like, I mean, it's heavier than it looks. And then she like tilts her head. She's like, people are always whispering in this library. And she's like, Whoosh, quiet, it's a library. <laughs> but you don't hear anything. And I say, yeah, it did that for me too. It's not, it's not the library. That's the orb. She puts it down. She's like, you can take that back now. <laughs> Are the whispers, like, constant, basically, while I have it on me? Just, like, always in the background, sort of? Like, you kind of... Like, it eventually becomes sort of, like, white noise. Yeah. But, but it doesn't it doesn't actually go away. I just kind of get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if I... Because I have the language spell thing that I can understand all spoken languages. I wouldn't be able to hold that and understand it, because you're saying it's just... Yeah, it's like... Could you... Did you use Copperhead language for the... When we were down underneath and it mm-hmm. didn't work? No, it worked. That's how we figured out what the library was. It's yeah. not It's not that the language is incomprehensible. It's that there's like too many voices going at once. Okay. Yeah. I also ask these nerds about the riddle. <laughs> nerds like riddles. Do you phrase it like that? Yeah. Hey, nerds. This is just going to be... This is going to be a thing that eventually... The DM's just going to make a decision of when do I just tell them how to open it. <laughs> well, we're in a You've library. had it for um, 
Jeez. Almost like 17 sessions. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you I will not tell you. <laughs> Plus, whatever sweet gear was in it, it doesn't matter anymore. It's, so it's, like, a t- <laughs> it's like a toothpick. It's leveled leveled gear back to when we were level three. So you, you ask uh, the nerds about the riddle and they're like, have you tried hard alcohol? Oh, I guess you can light that on fire. And I shuffle around in my gear. I don't think I actually have booze on me. I'll have to check that later. Thanks, nerds. I toss them a, a shiny gold coin. When they mention that, I hold my head. <laughs> You're with us? Did you come? Yeah. <laughs> you just show up. I don't even notice where <laughs> you come from. I'm not talking. I'm just nursing a really bad hangover. <laughs> yeah, it's like your invis- invisibility spell is always on. <laughs> All right, what next? Well, I think the only thing I'd want to do is talk to Brita and... See if she'd be willing to come with us. Okay. Um, so you find her at some point during the day, and you're going to ask her to come along. Mm-hmm. Now, wait. Should we ask her? Can we just assume we've we've met back up with you now? <laughs> um, sure. Should we ask her to come with us, or should we ask her maybe to try and go to Tall Hill um, to protect the wizards and tell her? Hmm. Where would she be better served? Or Anna. Or stay with Anna, yeah. That's well, Anna's I feel like being in the in the temple, she's probably pretty safe. Yeah, because I think we're gonna come back for her once we figure out this bone situation. Although Ulrich also said that he had a bit of a following in the city, and if they figure out what happened, there might be a bit of a Yeah. And he was also the paladin guard. Yeah. Well, that won't matter because a new one will be appointed by... Yes, but I'm sure he has friends in the guard, <laughs> right? That's true. And they did say that, like, yeah, they have friends in town. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll also send a message to the Thieves Guild and have them watch her place as well as, like, the temple so that I don't have to trust any one group. I won't tell the, the, the paladins or the temple that the other group's involved, and I won't tell my... Thieves that the paladins are involved and set them both to the task of protecting her. I think I'd be inclined to ask her to come with us just because I think her skills would be mm-hmm. best utilized in like this exploring type scenario and plus like I don't really even know her that well so I don't know that I'd want to be just like mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave you behind and trust you're going to take care of things so. Yeah I mean certainly having two rangers is probably going to be helpful. Yeah. With what we're doing. Hopefully. Also, you'd probably just want to get to know her. Have Ugh, that emotions. Real, real big family bonding connection <laughs> moment. Maybe we can try and sweeten her up a bit and say, you know, we we really appreciate you coming back to help back there with Ulrich and showing that your your uh, devotion to the greater good is, is worth more. And that's something that we definitely uh, appreciate. Playing the greater good card, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, she says, yeah, I was... I knew that he wasn't perfect. And I knew that perhaps his aims were self-serving. And I was still fine with that. But finding out about the dragonborn was too much. 
and I'm still, I still want to find or help out with this cure, and that's what got me really here in the first place, so yeah, what the hell, I'll come. <laughs> nice. All right, so when we, uh, so are you going to go, you said you want to go just see Anna before we leave too? Just make sure she's all good and settled. Yeah, and I'm going to leave a message for the Thieves Guild to try and get someone to uh, surveil her. Well, I guess I won't bring Dog, because I don't want him to die. Well, what good is he going to do otherwise? Might as well bring him. But with that... Well, he's just going to get dead by fire or something. <laughs> if he's not <laughs> in the episode, Hot then dog. he might as well be dead. Out of sight, out of mind. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, by that logic, Elwin might be dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Your it's dog's, a hard world. Your dog's not with us right now. <laughs> he could be dead for all I know. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat yeah. with Schrodinger's dog. Especially a DD when it's an NPC dog. Never know. He might not even be a real dog. He could be an assassin. <laughs> he could be Mago. He said yeah. for everybody, so may as well be dog. Doggo. <laughs> Mago the doggo. And I don't think he's small enough that I can just like, <laughs> like a teacup poodle, put him in a backpack or something. Mm. Maybe Anna would appreciate having the company of a dog since she has no friends, friends here anymore. Because <laughs> we killed them all. Yeah. He can be her protector. Does I'll... dog take to her? <laughs> Let's go see Anna. I'll bring dog. All right. I'll roll an animal handling check on behalf of Anna. Dog is a little cold oh. to Enna, but enjoys being indoors. Goodbye, dog. I love you. All right, well, let's go see Dane then. Oh, I put the. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to put the orb back in the uh, portable hole. Getting uneasy holding it. So you, the five of you, go to see Dane, and he and a group of dwarves who are not of the temple are waiting outside of the temple doors as you approach and he asks you to follow them down back uh, actually to a, a a blacksmith's in upper boldbrook it's looks much more robust of a facility than the one that you were in yesterday and dane says says, I, I summon some, some of my runesmith brethren here, and they will inscribe a rune onto either your armor or a weapon, a non-magical weapon of your choice. So in game terms, choose a non-magical weapon, or if you're wearing armor, sorry, Spruce, you can get a plus one to your AC or a plus one to a weapon that you already have. Does it have to be a metal weapon? New. No. Oh. Let's get it on my longbow. So what is it? Plus one to attack? And to damage. And damage. Nice. What about everybody else? What everyone else is going to pick? My weapons are great, so I'll definitely be adding it to armor. Same. I'll do my longbow. You do your longbow? Okay. Okay, so you spend several hours in the blacksmith shop as they... 
apply the runes to your various items. In that time, Dane also produces a number of gold rings that have a red stone at the top. It's not a ruby, uh, but it definitely shines. And he says, this will give you resistance. Well, he doesn't say this. He says, this will protect you somewhat from fire, the element. So you all now have a ring that gives you resistance to fire damage. Okay, and lastly, he produces a like a silver white uh, gemstone. And he says, this will bring you back. We have inscribed a circle in my quarters. When you have the dragon bone, when you have what you need, break this. Make sure you're all standing close to each other. And it will bring you back. Cool. I ask for a little more details on that. Like, if he's used this before, what kind of radius? And will it take objects? Or do we have to be concerned about it taking other stuff with it? Like, anything in that radius will be teleported? He says, any creature, any living creature within 10 feet of the person who holds it will come back. Hmm. And so, yes. I'm assuming in the stuff that they're carrying. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. It won't bring back, like, non-living things. Like rocks nearby. Yeah. Yeah. It won't just transport, like, a like a 10-foot radius of part of a mountain. Well, in that sense, we couldn't <laughs> use it to, like, transport back a piece of dragon bone. If we were all, like, standing around it, we'd have to, like, be carrying stuff to have it teleport with us. Correct. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Thanks. And he says, uh, and I've arranged transportation for you for when you're ready. Did he give me the map? Oh, yes. He gives you the map. I guess Mm -hmm. if they're going to take us there, that's kind of irrelevant, but... Well, once you're there. Yeah. So when he mentions transportation, he sort of motions at the peak, and you see over the horizon an airship sailing over the peak. Mmm. Airshipping. It's an airship. I remind him to take good care of Enna, and that Ulrich, you know, has people, and he, he already snuck into your temple, so make sure to send your trusted guys... Not just generic hobos. Maybe before we should go, we should like uh, call a tattoo meeting. Let those guys know what's going on since we haven't checked in since we have time on the airship. Okay. Airship, airship. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Gilly would be the last person that would want to be on an airship. Way up, get higher into the sky. I'm just excited from the mechanics of it. It's a neat thing. Even Faye is pricking up a little bit because the airship is really exciting. So the five of you board the airship as it sails into the square, the city square, I guess, in Upper Bold Brook. An open zone, an open area, touches down, and it's got a crew of maybe six or seven dwarves, all wearing the, like, ruby eye uh, clan insignia without much fanfare. You're off, lifting off into the night sky, like a slow-moving, glorious blimp. (laughs) Majestic. We're up higher now. We might see something in the sky. Mm -hmm. Mm. Gildob's going to find a comfortable room not exposed to the open air, but I'm going to uh, use my 
familiar to be out looking. Out looking like like flying around? Just around the ship, you know, perching on the rails and stuff. So the captain of the ship, who's a dwarf named Rangrim, tells you that you might be about a day and a half. Or, sorry, no, it might be less than a day. Um, so you should reach the edge, like the perimeter of the circle of fire. You should reach the edge of it by dusk the following day. Tom, can your um, familiar make a perception check? Mm-hmm. Natural 20. Whoa! So it's still nighttime. It's still nighttime when you see through your familiar, through the clouds, <laughs> an object that has the head of a dragon. And it, um, it's, it's a great distance off. It looks like whatever it is is keeping its distance. Actually, with a natural 20, I guess I'll give it to you. It's another airship. Hmm. I rush up deck to my companions and inform them of what I've seen. Yeah, where is everybody like right now? Are you raising an alarm or something? Or Like, Im- my immediate thing would be to go to the, the companions and tell them just to kind of confirm that I'm not crazy and, like, get a sense of it. And then, um, I don't know, from there, judging on their reactions, I guess, like, I might have to tell the ship captain that there's another airship close by, but... Does anybody, maybe the captain or, or someone on the ship, have, like, a telescope or something? Yeah, there's like a, a set of like binoculars, <laughs> but they're coin operated. <laughs> like it takes one gold. It's a tourist ship. <laughs> you didn't know one gold in to use it. <laughs> oh jeez, I'm gonna go look through those. Can I go look through that thing? Oh yeah. Well, no. Like Captain Rangrim has has a telescope. I'm gonna ask him to borrow it. He's like, hey, do the you elves not know how to make telescopes yet? <laughs> All right, here. Just don't scratch it. <laughs> I'm going to go look. Can I see it through the telescope? Mm, give me a perception check with advantage. You know what? I'll stop pussyfooting around. Yes, you can see it. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's got the head of a dragon on it. Yeah, and the, the wings look like wings of a dragon. So to me, does it does it look like it's meant to be... Uh, it, it, like it's meant to look like a dragon, or is this just um, the design of, of that specific ship? Yeah, it's meant to resemble a dragon. Like, seen from below, it's meant yeah. to look like one. Someone's trying to trick us. And it's still very far away, like hundreds like of you, feet away. You just saw it. Is mm. it following us or coming towards us? Are you up on... Is Faye up on the deck? <sighs> no, she's writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> Is it following us and coming toward us? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I can... Since we went up to the captain to ask for the binoculars, then we might as well like inform him we've seen this object and uh, see if he can, with his skills, judge its trajectory compared to our own. So he looks through his, his telescope and he says, Hmm, they're definitely following us. They're looking, they're trying to look casual. They don't know if they've seen us yet. Hmm. I don't like the look of it, though. I say we try to lose them by diving very steeply into this, into these storm clouds below us. What do you think? Mm. I feel like 
if it's meant to look like a dragon, it could be dragonborn, right? And if they're following us... Yeah, I don't know who it would be. We don't want them to end up with dragon bones. And they seem to be following us, considering there's been sightings at Pharaoh's Point and when we were outside Boldbrook, and then now, they seem to be following us. I'm all for it. Let's try and lose them. I am too. I think, I, regardless, I don't really want to be followed, yeah. Dodge, duck, dip, Just dive, say it's dodge. up to you, Captain. You know your ship. <laughs> That's true, but I don't know how to read. <laughs> I don't know why I told okay. you that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> okay, well, the High Cleric set us up with a skeleton crew there. It's very short notice, so I'm going to need some help from some volunteers. I need somebody to ha- grab onto these fin cranks and crank them when I say to crank them. Sounds like a spruce job. I'll crank that. Soldier boy. <laughs> on, on, on this you floor. almost left it. You almost left it alone. <laughs> I need another volunteer to crank. I'll crank. Good. Two tall ones. Crank it out. Uh, cranking it out. Um, does, doesn't Spruce have proficiency with... Cranks? Crank, cranking it. Very specific. <laughs> Ever since a young age. I'm pretty proficient at cranking it, yeah. let me tell you. Not usually with this many people around, but... Don't be shy. <laughs> What do I have proficiency with? I have proficiency with land vehicles. Land vehicles. Mm. Well, guess what, you dumb bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is this similar to a land crank, or is it... No, it's uh... totally different. (laughs) Cranks don't work that way in in the air. Oh, shit. (laughs) Trying to think of a good skill for it would be like athletics. If you're just cranking it with all your might. (laughs) Two hands on the crank. Yanking it as hard as you can. Depends on your strategy. What are you laughing at? Are you going to go strength and just really, you know, just ram that crank down? Just crank it hard? Or is it more of a dexterity? You get the the motion crank with the right rhythm. What's my... I wonder what my average crank time is. (laughs) I'm going to say athletics. Are there any other um, skills that you think might be appropriate? Sleight of hand. (laughs) Full grown adults. (laughs) <laughs> We're in athletics makes sense. I'm sh- yeah, I think athletics makes the most sense. So I'm making an athletics check? Yeah, please, both of you. Oh, natural 20. <laughs> Very skilled at cranking it. 16. Faye, you're, you're down in your quarters, and suddenly you're thrown out of your bunk because the ship is suddenly like pointing down, <laughs> nose, nose downwards. I'm going to rehash some of those expletives that I saved from Gilly. You're turning the crank, it's like angling the fins on the side, and other dwarves are doing it the same. And it's a very steep descent into these obscuring darker clouds. Mm. And after about like 30 seconds of just like going down, 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 uh, the captain asks you to level off, so to basically undo the cranking that you did. Mm Mm-hmm. So another athletics check, please. Reverse crank. Reverse, reverse. I'm going to crank with my other hand now. (laughs) Ooh, natural 20. Oh my god. You guys are so good at cranking. (laughs) 15. So you level off and you can see that even in that brief moment, like you peek over the side and you can see that you've like dropped quite a bit of distance. You do see, you do see the airship, uh, other airships sort of like drop down out of the clouds behind you. What? But they're 
they're further away. They're even further away now, so you've definitely put some distance in between you and them. Like, can we assume they can still see us, or are we, like, pretty covered by the clouds? Well, if we can see them. I guess, yeah. I'm going to crawl out of my cabin. (laughs) (laughs) All disheveled from being thrown around. (laughs) That's what the hell is going on. I assume you guys informed me what's happened. We saw another airship. It looked like a dragon. Well, these two tall ones have just been cranking it nonstop and doing a hell of a good job, I might add. (laughs) Okay. Cranking it as good as any dwarf I've seen. Congratulations, both of you. Thank you. (laughs) What's so hard to believe about their cranksmanship? (laughs) You should see how I polish stones. (laughs) Can you do both at the same time? Ooh. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> cranking it and Could lose an stone. eye. You shouldn't neglect polishing the stones when you're cranking it, you guys. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Old oh dwarven sage. <laughs> <laughs> so Rangrim says, Well, see a spot of turbulence ahead. I think if we can if we can navigate through this without taking too much head-on turbulence, we might be able to lose them. Are you with me, Cranksman? Aye. Yes. I'm trying to think of something funnier to say. Yes. <laughs> Vanna's thing is like not being able to think of like a clever thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll need a. I'll just stick with athletics. I think I'll stick with athletics. And this is basically your trying to angle the ship as the turbulence approaches. So you're just responding to Rangrim's calls out to like where to where to go, which directions and stuff. So, Matt, what'd you get? 22. 16. It's a good thing we're traveling light. So you can see that through that turbulence, you've managed to put even more distance between you and this other ship. Nice. It says, I don't think we'll, uh, I don't think they'll catch up to us now, but I don't really know what we're going to do if they just keep after us, because once we hit that uh, perimeter of the circle of fire, we're going to have to turn around. Unless we sail into the circle of fire a little bit, see if we can scare them off that way. Do we have any... Does this airship have any, like, weapons? Like, I meant, like, cannons or something? I don't know. I don't know what's normally on an airship. You said it's basically like a giant blimp, so probably not, I'm guessing, if we're traveling pretty light. Picturing like the Goodyear blimp with like machine guns <laughs> on it or something. <laughs> you laugh, but that's what one World War Two. I took it kind of seriously when you made the joke about it being like a tourist ship. It's just like <laughs> being used to transport us. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a warship. No. Yeah. I mean, the dwarves don't fight in the sky. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, the five of you are kind of the weapons. Mm-hmm. We have our own axes and hammers, but those are no. We can't throw them that far. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can the, only assume you've heard that about they're the probably after us. Not to be full of myself, but so far a lot of people seem to be after us. So hopefully they'll leave you be once you drop us off. I'm not sure if I want to take that chance. So are you thinking you'd rather just go meet them head on or land here and hope they come down to meet us? Or can mm-hmm. we set up an ambush? I think he's thinking you could probably fire arrows from the sky too. Well, we've been nowhere close enough for that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would have flown the bird over and seen what was going on. Do it. Well, no, you just ran away. Turn this ship around! <laughs> after, all of the, after all of our hard cranking yeah, work. Crank it back through the storm. <laughs> we could do an upwards crank and then turn turn it around and uh, try to get the dr- uh, jump on him. 
but I don't think, uh, well, I don't ha it's not that I don't have faith in my abilities, which are considerable. Plus, with these magnificent cranking bastards on board. <laughs> but I'm wondering if we can just go a little bit in into the circle of fire, maybe they won't want to follow us in. It'll be a risk to the ship, but it'll be so cool. I mean, that's fine with us. That gets us closer to where we want to go, but we don't want to put you guys out or put you in danger. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming we're still going to try and, like, do our best to lose them to the extent that we can between now and then. Uh, let's just fly in if the, if the dwarves are cool with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. If they've managed to find us out here, then uh, I'm not sure how successful we're going to be at, like, really losing them. Mm -hmm. They seem to have ways of tracking us. So do what you think is best, Captain. We want you to be safe as well. As long as we get to that fiery ring. Well, if you put it that way, let's get into that ring. P park this oblong ship into that ring. <laughs> so that the other ship gains on you a little bit during the daylight hours. But eventually ahead of you, you can see, you can see it's almost like an opaque... Like, you know, like, the the heat that you see, like, off of hot stones? Mm. That's what it looks like in the air, but it's it's m more opaque than that. Mm. Going from, like, the ground up to, like, the clouds. Oof. The terrain looks like it may have once been, like, it's mountainous. Looks like it may have been a lush forest once, but now it's, like, the closer you get to this, like, it's more just bare dead trees, tree trunks. They look like just blackened needles sticking up out of the ground. The captain summons you all up. He says, all right, we're 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 getting close. I think I need your help one more time to see if we can just convince these uh, pests to leave us alone. All right, tall ones, back to work. Yes. Man, those cranks. Cranky, cranky. 23. Ooh, 10. Bad crank. Very bad crank. Who oiled my crank? It's all slippery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so essentially he was asking you to do another sort of downward angle uh, going between, like, into almost a canyon between these contiguous mountain ridges. And Vanna's crank sort of gets stuck, so the ship is listing now to one side. So somebody needs to jump in and, and help. I'll run out to help. Okay, you want to, I guess this will count as help, so do you want to re-roll that? Okay. This is essentially your advantage. Six. Oh, no. It's real bad. Just aren't well coordinated. She's pushing while I'm pulling, and it's just, <laughs> can't get it right. Okay, so Rangrim has to really kill the speed in order to prevent the ship from, like, actually just going into one of the sides of, of these of these cliffs. This is how I end the story. I just kill us in a <laughs> What a way to go. And that's the end of the podcast, folks. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed everything. It's, uh... Let's discuss who's going to be eaten first. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually you get that one fin sorted out and the captain has like then kicks the speed back in. But this dragon ship has now gained on you quite substantially. He says, I, what's everyone's thoughts? We could try to maneuver between one of these peaks, or we could just take it down to the ground and fight it out. The 
owl has a dark vision of 120 feet, and I'm sure it can fly a decent distance to, well, I can control it. So, like, if it gets close enough, I'd like to still be able to get the bird close and make a perception check of, like, who's on the ship that's tailing us. Do a perception check. So, 17? The crew of this ship are not dragonborn. They are wearing sort of black robes. Some have light armor, but many of them wear sort of black, like, scarves over their faces. Hmm. But you can tell quite clearly that they are not dragonborn. They're, like, tall and skinny. Sky ninjas. Sky ninjas. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sky mall ninjas? <laughs> Is there anything else on the ship that... So, like, I notice on the surface, like, um, would there be, like, a kind of captain's area classic to, like, steering a, a ship? I suppose the ship isn't, like, all that dissimilar from from this one. I don't know how well-versed Giladab is with the various types of airships. The wheelie part. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's something analogous to that, sure, yeah. Hmm. Are you describing... To us what you see yeah I'll, I'll kind of just be talking and describing with what I'm seeing as I see it you've seen me do this before so mm-hmm. you know what's going on his description of them does that ring familiar what I remember Erwan being dressed like and looking like um, these ones actually have like some of them have metal armor on so you're not sure so what's everyone's thoughts? Continue to try to outmaneuver them or face off? Can you see how many there are? Should be able to get an idea of how many, like, of these critters I can see on top of the ship. You saw maybe, like, 10 or 12 above deck, but you, th- like, not all of these were, like, de- decked out for combat. Uh, you think, like, probably at least half of them were crew steering the ship. I call my owl back to me. Right. Um, <laughs> we're still being chased. I'll just say, um, you know, prepare an evasion if you can. I'm going to try something. And I take a bottle from my pack and I hold it in one hand while I close my eyes and take control of the owl. And then the owl hops over and takes the the potion jar in, in his talons and flies off again. And the Gildob just says, prepare to try an evasion. Rangrim's like, wait, that's, well, that's what I say. <laughs> prepare to try an evasion. <laughs> Good. <laughs> do what the gnome says. Alright, Cranksman, do your thing. Better than last time. Airship, airship. 18. 7. I don't know. My hands are getting tired. I'm going to yell out to Faye to help her. Frida comes up and says, Family cranks together. (laughs) (laughs) She rolled a five. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously from the same family. (laughs) So hang on, who's helping what now? I told Faye to help. To help. Yeah, so Brita went up to crank as well, but she like tripped. (laughs) Faye, the boats are rocking. Do something. Yeah, Yeah, do I re-roll it again? Oh. 
Yeah, I guess that's how that works. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Eleven! <laughs> God! Yeah, can I use Bardic Inspiration? Would that help her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One! <laughs> <laughs> Vanna can't be a cranking. Wow. <laughs> okay, we'll move on, but I mean, if you have Inspiration, you can use that to reroll a d20, I'm just saying. I don't know if you have Inspiration I or not. I do not believe I do. I have Inspiration. I can give you Inspiration. Because I'm really trying to make this moment work. I'm okay. sorry! What do you say to inspire Vanna? <clears throat> crank, crank at you, idiot! <laughs> <laughs> crank it like you're tearing the limb off a dragonborn. Ooh! I should hope that would work. Seventeen. Oh, I know how to tear limbs. <laughs> so the ship veers sharply to one side, going th- between this narrow opening between two rocky spires. Mm-hmm. Barely, like you can hear actually some of it scrape along the side of the ship. <laughs> as you go um what does owl do so during this moment the owl uh goes back to what looked close enough like the captain steering spot and he drops the flask of alchemy fire that he was carrying onto the the deck of the ship Whoa! you can see through your owl that some of the people on the deck of the ship are torn between cranking the required <laughs> crank amount and putting out this fire that started. And most of them go for the fire because that's not good on a ship. I don't know if you've ever been on a ship. Fire is frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, open that's fires. That's why I chose the steering area, so hopefully they, they had difficulty during our evasive maneuver. As you are flying the owl back, you can suddenly see that it's no longer making progress and is actually being pulled backwards by something. And then you lose vision from the owl. As suddenly it's like in the grip of one of these things and you see like this sickly green skin, but nothing below the eyes before the vision goes out. So we like something ate it? Well, no, like probably just killed it. Okay. I mean, you don't know what happened after that. Maybe they ate it. (laughs) But, But like, yeah, the owl's flying back and some creature, some green leathery creature. One of the guys on the ship. Wearing the black thing with oh. only the eyes. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh, one of the actual shipmates mm-hmm. kills the owl. Oh, so that, we now know enough. they're green skinned. Smart move. Troglodytes are back to get us. Wait, the troglodytes. Green. <laughs> Air troglodytes. <laughs> Air troglodytes. <laughs> Sounds like a brand of shoe that nobody wants to wear. Air trogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've gone from a subterranean cannibalistic culture to like having air travel in the span yeah. of. Several when you weeks. need footwear that protects you in the underdark from sharp rocks as well as the wet, uh, you know, air trogs. It's the only shoe for you. Commercial air trogs. <laughs> okay. All right. So you have, like, angled the ship very successfully into this narrow passage, and you can see the other one. You can hear kind of like a bit of rock scraping on against their ship and you can see that it kind of is somewhat damaged it's you can see smoke trailing billowing up over the uh the tops of the rocky spires behind you and the ship sort of is trying to emulate your your move but fails to do so and you have gotten yourself into a position in this canyon where it can't actually follow you so you seem to have averted that for now good move gilly thank you 
Good cranking. <laughs> Not my best work, but... Rangrim, again, compliments your cranking and uh, in, says that you'll touch down in, a, like, in about an hour. So anything anybody wants to do in that time? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta summon a new familiar. Mm. It's gonna take some time. I thought that was gonna go poorer than it did. I'm glad it didn't. Mm. I'd written in my limerick as my ongoing limerick of the what's going on that it was not gonna go well, it, but it went well, so I had to go back and come up with new words. Did you uh, describe to us what you the being that you saw, sort of? Yeah, I gave you the brief description. I suppose I would, like, sit down. I have to start a little fire to summon a new familiar. But, like, if you came to talk to me, then, yeah, I'd describe it in a little more detail. So does that kind of being sound familiar? Uh, I'll let you make, like, a uh, a very difficult history check. You might be the only person who has any chance of potentially, maybe, slightly once having heard of it. Oh boy. Twelve. You don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> so to end that eventful air journey, the ship actually sets down somewhat gently in a in a clearing near a again like a scorched like skeletal remains of a forest. And Rangrim says that you're free to disembark. Thanks for flying air trog. Is he going to be staying here, or, is, or will he be making the trip back right away? He says he thinks he might just like stay grounded, maybe make a few patch-ups to the ship uh, before taking off again, and sort of let the other ship get some distance. He hmm. doesn't want to go back up right away. Rangrim and the other dwarfs salute you as you wander off into the forest. And... You know how, like, you walk out of a, an air-conditioned room into another room that's on fire? <laughs> yeah, all the time. It's kind of like that. Cool. I mean, there's... <clears throat> it's not like it's not like walking into a wall or something like that, but it's, it's this gradual growing discomfort that you notice. And seeing it's how it's evening, you're probably going to want to find... I don't know if you want to journey in too far or find shelter just sort of on the outskirts. Or what's what's your call? How late in the day is it before we leave the airship? Like, if it's very late, maybe the ship's the safest place to mm -hmm. bunker down and leave in the early morning. Yeah. But also, if it's super hot, is it... Do I get the feeling that it's cooler because of the night? Is there like a somewhat of a cool breeze at least compared to the residual heat around here it's tough to tell because you don't know what daylight or day daytime in this place is is like comparatively mm. it's definitely hotter than 100 yards back but it is fairly late so you know staying with the ship overnight might be and then like not taxing yourself for yeah i guess gildon brings up both options we either maybe it is cooler at night but it's also like this weird magical heat so who knows what we're going to run into. And it seems like everything's pretty dead. So I can't imagine we're going to find all that comfortable of shelter as we go out into this. Yeah, might as well rest and then go in in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like the ship seems like a good option. All right, real-time DM talk here. This is going to be tough. This is what you signed up for. You can do it. I believe in you. You're going to have to make use of, like, your resources and your abilities fairly consistently. Throughout the day, you're going to be facing a number of hazards. These may be hazards that you can go through. You always have the choice to go around um, or to avoid a certain area. If you say, oh, this hazard I don't want to go through, we'll, we'll sort of like turn back and find another way. That will mark as a, as a delay against you. And there's a threshold of delays. If you have so many delays, you're going to be making increasingly difficult checks against exhaustion. Exhaustion is a bitch. You guys will elect someone as your navigator. The navigator makes a survival check, and that survival check also impacts how good it is, impacts how many hazards you will encounter that day. What's your survival checks again? I'm guessing pretty good. Looking for that, I would hope so. Yeah, I, I don't have proficiency. Plus six. Okay. Plus six? Yeah. Does anyone else have proficiency in survival, like, at all? Uh, Brita does. Mm-hmm. But Vanna's bonus is bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, you two can help each other then. And if we're talking as a group for, like, who's going to be scouting forward, I'll say that, like, if the... Is your cousin a ranger as well, then? Yeah. Okay, so if the rangers want to scout the front... Um, if maybe Spruce can lend me assistance, I can also be uh, using my familiar to help scout. Or if if you want to look at something far away, I can send the familiar out to check okay. it out. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. I was only a scout during the war, but no big deal. <laughs> Your survival is much higher than mine, so it makes more sense for you. Sir, were you saying that Brita would like help? Like, do the help? Yeah, maybe the rangers could both just somewhat also so that you can keep track of the NPC if we just kind of stick them together. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. So make your survival check. I guess you'll be making them all with advantage because Brita's basically going to be helping you every time that you do. Can I also give her, I'm also going to give her Bardic Inspiration. It's a new day. We had a sleep already. Sure. Excellent. Um, Yeah. So I should say that if you get it high enough, it could actually like reduce the number of delays that you've accrued. Twenty-eight. Was that a natural twenty that you rolled, or no? No. Okay. Natural twenties are especially good. So let's start off with the good news. You success in the morning. You have no hazards in- that you run into. I would like for everybody to make a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> Spruce got an eight. I got an eighteen. Fourteen. Eleven. Spruce and Faye have level one exhaustion. Uh oh. And what does that do? Because I don't know how that functions. You have disadvantage on ability checks. All of them? Yeah. All of them. We're exhausted. Think about how tired you are in the morning. (laughs) We have to like pour coffee. It's still difficult. There are six levels of exhaustion. Level six is dead. Oh, cool. Mm. Can you do... Wait, I should roll for Brita. She's good. Mm-hmm. Can you can you roll another survival check? This is for the afternoon. 
So do you want me to use this yeah. every time? I'm going to do it again because I got four in a day. And if okay. there's like two day checks, cool. that'd be worth it. So 19 and six and six. As you're walking along, scorching winds whip up all around you and threaten to lift you from the earth. You strive to stay on your feet lest they pummel you into the ground. Everybody should make a dexterity saving throw. And those exhausted will be at a disadvantage. 14. 21. Okay. 18. 12. So those of you who fail will take 11 points of bludgeoning damage, and those of you who pass will take 5 points of bludgeoning damage. Does evasion help with that at all? <laughs> it says if I need to make a dex saving throw. Yeah. I think it makes us take a dex saving throw. So you would take half damage instead? Because you failed. If you failed. Yeah. Or no damage if you succeeded. Mm -hmm. So he failed. So you take half from and evasion. I take none. And you take I, none. Yeah. So I take six instead of 11. I guess we'd round. I said five. We'll just stick with five. Okay. Okay. So, sorry. I'm assuming, you, I'm assuming I failed. You didn't say if I failed. Oh, you yeah. Said sorry. Yeah you, definitely, yeah, you definitely failed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I got the low number. I'm assuming I failed. In the distance, you see what at first you believe to be the wavering incandescent incandescent air that rises from the earth, but you see that heading towards you are rolling waves of fire. You may be able to avoid taking the wave head-on by weaving through some narrow gaps in the terrain, though you think this will be difficult. Alternatively, you can try to find shelter or higher ground and wait for the danger to pass by incurring a delay. I'm pretty dexterous. I feel like I could get through this. Uh, Gil yeah, Gildob's good, good to go. Yeah, Faye and Spruce have disadvantage on every yeah, roll. then you have a thrall. <laughs> or yeah. evade. Yeah, evasion. Evade I'm the only one that's going to get pummeled here. But that's yeah. okay. Faye's trying to prove herself. She's not going to hold you guys back. Alright, let's have some dexterity saving throws. Ah, fuck. Hmm. That is a natural one. Tom? Ten. Ooh. Fifteen. Cool. Doesn't matter what I got, apparently. <laughs> I'm just assuming that you failed. You could do just assuming that you failed. I probably did. It was 12. <laughs> it was just really funny. So what'd you get? Okay. <laughs> I can't crank my neck all the way over that way, so it stops it like Katie. Okay, well, I rolled low. Oh, well, this won't be so bad. It's 12 points of fire damage, which you, everybody cuts in half anyways. Not me. You have the resist fire, right? Oh, well, even though it was a credit, even though it was a, a So you, you, a still a you fail in your evasion, so you take half. Yeah. And okay. then you take half of that from the ring, so you take three points of damage. You're almost at the end of the day. Everybody needs to make another constitution saving throw, please. Goddamn. 19. 12. 11. 5. Ooh, oh my gosh. Brita also failed, so she has level 1 exhaustion. Um, so, good news and bad news. Bad news is that your speed is halved. The good news is that this is the end of the adventuring day. And you'll be... Taking a long rest and, yeah, recouping your hit points and going back to level one exhaustion.
Do you enjoy learning about weird things that happen in our everyday life? Woman does karate. Son gets nude. Dog steals cornbread mix from Walmart, police say. Man marries hologram. UK installs knife surrender bin to curb knife crime. Criminals steal all the knives. Just search Tessa and Elliot Argue. That's E-L-L-I-O-T. Or visit TessaElliotArgue.com.